Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. A single gal here tonight, a divorced gal, a widowed gal, or a single mom. They're all the same. Your life can only be successful if you have that same relationship with God. You don't have to have the man. You can still be successful. And if you're here as a young person, this is the key to your life. If you don't know God, you will never, ever find success in life. Today, Pastor Mark continues his in-depth look at the designer's blueprint for one of the most intimate relationships you'll ever experience this side of heaven. As we've been learning about what God originally intended for marriage, we need to understand that He wants it to be fulfilling, successful, and lifelong. The home should be the absolute foundation of our society, not the hub of dysfunction and chaos. Listen in because whether you're standing out, starting over, or just need a nudge, You'll benefit greatly from Pastor Mark's wisdom, biblical insight, and experience on the matter. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 18, with our continuing study entitled, Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. Let's turn in our Bibles to an interesting verse as we finish Proverbs. Ephesians chapter 5, New Testament. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to remind us, even though it's very plain and evident, this is a place, you have found yourself in a place where God's Word is taught, where God's Word is believed, and where God's Word is practiced. If you want to discover how to live life right in every area of your life, including marriage, as we'll talk about tonight, or learning to marry well, picking the right kind of a spouse, then you must believe God's Word, and you must put it into practice for yourself. Our primary concern here in this fellowship is to make sure that people come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, become Christians, and then grow in their walk with God. We don't have thousands of books we teach out of. We have one. It's the Bible. It is the only guideline God has ever given us from beginning to end. It will outlast all of us, certainly on this earth, because the Bible will never, ever go away. So we have great principles tonight, and even as we talked last week, in the area of sexuality, the Bible is so clear how we're to live. Over the last few weeks, we learned that a long-term commitment in marriage depends on one thing, 
our personal relationship to God. And we learn how to begin to look at the blueprint God has for our marriages. God designed our marriages to be fulfilling and successful. God did not come up with a plan for marriage to make it miserable on this earth. He planned it to be fulfilling, successful, and lifelong. He also planned for the home to be the absolute foundation of our society. We learned last week, and we'll learn a little more tonight, that Satan is out to destroy the home, your home, my home, my marriage, your marriage, any way he can. Now, he does that often through divorce, but he'll use whatever means he can to destroy our marriage. Let me give you an example. Two spouses that are living together in a home, growing apart, no oneness, alienated from each other, still married. But when you walk into that house, all you really have is a nicely furnished morgue. There is no life. There is no joy. There is no success. Even though they're staying together. And we think when we look at that, well, we've beat Satan. No, we haven't. That's exactly what he's after. If he can't get divorced, then that's the picture that comes next. Now, I have for you some of the ways that Satan tries to destroy all of our marriages. And when I mean all, I mean mine also. James 3.16 says this, For where you have envy and selfish ambition... There you find disorder in every evil practice. When sin comes into our marriages, either through the husband or the wife, and you know that we're just sinful people who have been saved, when we allow that sin to reign, the first thing that happens is we begin to focus on ourself. That's really what sin is. It's just selfishness. So if you go into a marriage where things are not doing well, one of the very first things you want to look at in your life is are you being selfish? Are you only thinking of you? Or are you thinking of your spouse and the children and the, and the home and certainly God as an overall thing? When we end up that, with that selfishness, we end up with anger and then frustration and unresolved conflicts and then it moves to unforgiveness and unforgiveness moves to this bitterness and finally we have what is dreaded it's a hard heart. Divorces come, Matthew 5 says, from a hard heart. See, it doesn't just start point one to a hard heart. It comes from that self, and then we go all the way down that process. Some of you are in that process tonight. Listen to what I teach. It's God's word to remove that, change you, get you back on the healthy road. Not only do we have self that affects our marriage relationships, but cares of this world, work, desires for riches, materialism. We, we grasp all of these things of life and we forgot the real thing was our spouse and our relationship with God. The third problem that we have in our marriage is not only self, not only the cares of this world, but time constraints. Is there anybody here tonight that had a busy week? You got to be kidding me, right? 
man, there's so many things after our time. Everyone going their own way. And amazingly, even in a marriage, there sometimes there are only one or two times in a whole week that we're together. We're just going everywhere. Well, how can we find ways to practically defeat Satan and his goal to destroy our home? Listen to this. Someone asked a couple who were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary what the secret was of their long marriage, how they survived those 50 years. You want to write this one down as I get to because you want to practice it. The husband responded, well, here's the secret. We take time to go out to a restaurant two times a week, a little candlelight dinner, a little soft music, and a real slow walk home. The man listening went, man, that's simple yet profound. The older man said, I'm not through yet. She goes on Tuesdays and I go on Fridays. (laughs) Yes. Is that what we mean? I don't think so. I mean, sometimes it's like that, isn't it? Go ahead and have your slow walk and I hope you come better home after you've had that. Well, let me give you six keys tonight. Number one, you found it in Ephesians, if that's where you turn, chapter 5, verse 18. Let's read it together. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Strangely enough, the first key to our having a successful marriage is for each person to be filled with God's Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with God's Spirit? Well, certainly all, you have to be a Christian. Then what happens? To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's a daily submitting of my will in every area of my life, including my marriages, to God's will. Think of this as a picture. Being filled with the Spirit is like the sails of a boat being completely filled by the wind. And because those sails are filled, that ship is then empowered and directed by that wind. That's what it means to be filled and controlled by the Spirit of God. When we are filled with God's Spirit, self is set aside. The Spirit carries us along on the river of life and affects every aspect of my marriage, of my life at work, in that church. Now, if you look at verse 18, we don't see the verbiage as far as the Greek, but the Greek has a lot of interesting things when you study the text of verbs. And that word really means be filled means this. It's imperative and it's continuous. It means that I must, I must be continually filled. I must be continually filled. Well, what does that look like? Well, let me show you. First, let's go back to what marriage really is. We have the holy triangle. We have a wife who knows God. We have a husband who knows God. Obviously, this relationship is one. This is marriage. This is the foundation of the world. So for a marriage 
to do what God wants, the husband must be filled with God's spirit, be controlled. The wife must do the same. Now, everybody in this room is not married. Let me show you the next one. Here we have either a a single gal here tonight, a divorced gal, a widowed gal, or a single mom. They're all the same. Your life can only be successful if you have that same relationship with God. You don't have to have the man. You can still be successful. And if you're here as a young person, this is the key to your life. If you don't know God, you will never, ever find success in life. I don't care what else you find. If you personally don't have a relationship, and we'll give you an opportunity to, you doesn't matter who you marry, doesn't matter what you have, until you know God, nothing will make sense. Let's go to the next one. Here we have a man, same deal. Could be a single parent as a father tonight. You have two kids, and you're saying, my wife left me, she's gone, we're divorced. I don't know that I can make it in this relationship. Yes, you can. The key is not you, the key is who? It's God. This goes for the single male tonight. The same, widowed, divorced, never married. Your key is to make sure that this is happening in your life. Now, let me give you a little understanding. If you're single tonight, whether never married or all the way through divorce or whatever, as a male or a female, the one thing you're looking for, if you're looking to get married, is a person who fits this exact description. Never, ever substitute anything else. If you do, I'll just tell you, from counseling, 30 years plus, disaster is coming. So just do it God's way. That's the blueprint. It works. It absolutely works. Now, what is the opposite of this? What is the opposite of a man in relationship with God and a woman in relationship with God? What is the opposite? Here's what the opposite is. It's being filled not with the spirit, but being filled with self. You see, some of you are not Christians yet. Who are you living for tonight? You are. Do you know that the first commandment says we're to have no other gods before us? Do you know who your God is tonight if you're not a Christian? You. You're living for your own desires. You've become your own God. I feel sorry for you. Because with that comes emptiness and loneliness, guilt, all kinds of things that will never find fulfillment. Without God, you're empty. It doesn't work. So that's what the opposite of being filled with. Now, some of us here are Christians. And yet we we move from being filled with the Spirit sometimes to letting self rule us frequently. That brings problems in our marriage. You see, much of our weakness in our marriages, in my marriage, can be attributed to the fact that we are not constantly filled with the Spirit. When we lose it, when we head off into anger, when when we fuss and complain, that is not the Spirit flowing in us. That's old Mark Balmer again. You can ask my wife about it. She'll be glad to tell you. Just as your wife will be glad to tell me. 
It's that, or vice versa. It's that old person apart from God. We all know what it looks like. We've been there. You cannot have a successful marriage unless we're continually filled. Here's number two. Turn back to the book of Proverbs, chapter 17. So first of all, we need to be filled with God's Spirit. Second, we need to work for a home that's filled with peace. We need to work for a home that's filled with peace. Solomon was a wise man. Look what he says in chapter 17, verse 1. Better a dry crust, old dry crust of bread, with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Most of us have experienced this. We're getting together. Everybody's excited for Thanksgiving or Christmas or one of the many feast tables filled with food. People are hungry. Neat things are there. And one person starts griping and complaining. And then the little family feud breaks out. And then there's feelings across the table. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, when that happens, this is what this verse means. What, what Solomon says, it would have been better to stay home and at best eat leftovers. Even a crust of bread would be fine with peace. Then a whole table filled with great food, but everybody has to take two tagamet before you eat. Because hmm. we're all stirred up inside. In spite of all the possible stress that can fill our lives, the home should be a stress-reducing place. Do you know what happens? Many of our homes are stress-producing places. If there's any place on earth that should be a place of harmony and rest and relaxation, it should be the home. It should be the home. Let me ask you tonight, is that the definition of your home? Is it a place of peace? If it isn't, it can be a lot of causes, certainly from children or whatever, but I'm just going to pick two causes tonight, a husband and a wife. <laughs> we will start with a wife. Turn to chapter 27, Proverbs. Anybody ever hear this when you have laid down at night? Trip, 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 trip. And you go into the bathroom and tighten that sucker really good. And you go lay down. Then it goes, because it was waiting. Now it drips, drips, drips. And then you tighten it again if like me. And usually so much so that then I have to call 911 and get the plumber because I ripped it off. The constant dripping. Well, I mean, amazing. They didn't have faucets, but they must have had this. With all the thousand women that Solomon married, for sure one was this way. Look at verse 15. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. By the way, I don't use these in my marriage ceremonies. 
A constant dripping on a rainy day. Look at verse 16. Restraining her politely means shutting her up is like trying to restrain the wind or grasping a quart of oil and holding it in your hand without the can. Can it be done? I know. What does it mean? This constant dripping is just an annoyance that wears the patient's so thin that this nagging, contentious, never satisfied until she gets her way, drives us nuts. Peace is gone. There was an Arab proverb I came across today. It said, three things make a house intolerable. In the, in the Arab na uh, language, it says, tack, the leaking through of rain, knack, a wife's nagging, and back, bugs. Three things. One of them is the wife. Well, not only wives are in a marriage, but there's a husband. To keep peace in my home, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 20. <laughs> Verse 3. It is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Turn over to Proverbs 26, 21. You see, this is speaking about a wife that's contentious, always looking for a fight, looking to pick at something. Here's a husband who's the same way. Proverbs 26, 21. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. All you have to say in a marriage to these people are, you got a match and the place is gone. Because here they go. So husband, you always looking to nitpick something that isn't right in the home? There goes the peace. You caused it. You see, if we're not filled with the Spirit, we'll be making mountains out of molehills. We'll be quick to start a fight. The wife... Seeing it coming, we'll have a few words to respond. And the peace is gone. And the only place, often in this world, other than church, where there's peace, is now gone. And Satan loves it. Turn with me in the New Testament. We'll be back in a moment to Proverbs. To the book of James. The book of James, chapter 3, verse 17. I need God's wisdom how to deal with my wife and with myself. I need to know when to speak the truth in love and then when just to let it go. That comes from wisdom. The only way to protect yourself, your marriage, and your home from Satan's attempt to destroy them is to be filled with God's Spirit. Pastor Mark's been helping us better understand that it's never too late or too early to put into practice the daily submission of our will to God's in every area of our life. Remember, if you're going to be successful and satisfied, you have to be filled with God's Spirit, not selfish ambition. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4023, and the title of this message is Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. Again, today's message number is 4023, and the title of this message is Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share some biblical keys for attaining and maintaining a successful marriage and home life. God designed marriage, and it was His intent for it to be the foundation of our society. Despite what Satan has accomplished, if Christians were made filled with God's Spirit and obedient to His Word, we can promote peace, harmony, and fulfillment to a world in desperate need of change. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world. A new hope he is giving. Lord, let us hear your.